We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, this Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. guys um i know it's a little bit late but it's been a while since i've been on let me just kind of give you a little bit of an idea of what's been going on before i dive into my spontaneous topic on urgent education so um beginning of may uh, i got um sprinklers started in the front yard while at the same time my husband and i started working on re completely redoing the backyard laying down artificial turf and rock areas and just making it like an oasis. So you can imagine how much time that took. I pretty much did it by myself for about two weeks because Mike's pulling the engine out of my Chevelle to get it ready for when it gets here. On top of that, to celebrate my 50th birthday, which I'm going to kind of talk about the trip, um, is my husband and I went to see uh, the kids in D.C. So they actually live in um, Alexandria and that was awesome and then uh since i've been back you know obviously we've had tons of rain and so i was finally able to finish the yard i'm just now nailing the turf down because it's been so crazy here um not to mention the hailstorm we got that now we get to work with insurance agencies and then all of that on top of dragon maine one of our largest events in the community of which i'm a event coordinator, social media, digital marketer, and on the board um, is uh, starting Friday. So you can imagine how busy it has been. So I, I definitely apologize for not getting on, but I wanted to tell you a little bit of insight that I got while I was in um, DC with the kids, which by the way, I hadn't got to see them or where they lived since they moved November 2022. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was November 21. Um, my dad was very upset with them moving. He was afraid he would die and not get to see Kent did, uh, again. And unfortunately, that is exactly what happened. Um, but uh, I'm very proud of them. He was proud of them for being brave and courageous and moving there. But I wanted to set my eyes on them and I wanted to get a feel for the nation. Uh, but first, I want to tell you or remind some of you that have heard some of my um, past Urgent Educations or the We the Deplorables podcast. Uh, I had a, a vision. So it was before the last election, November 2020. Um, so that would have probably put us about September when I had 
this uh, in worship, and I don't get into a lot of the supernatural aspects when I do urgent education, but I'm going to just dive into that a little bit today. And in this vision, I saw this huge American flag, uh, and then I saw God's throne, and on the left-hand side, I saw um, the Bidens and the Democrats, and then on the right hand, I saw Israel. I, I thought maybe I would see Revol um, Republicans, but I didn't. And what was, what got caught my attention, though, the setting was like a concert, and the stage had Father's throne, the flag behind, and then of course the Biden, you know, people, and then Israel, and then in front of the Father's throne, so at his feet, there was a female. Um, she was naked. She was bruised. She was cut up. She was had been beaten and abused. I knew instinctively that she had been raped over and over and over. Um, and she was kind of leaning against his legs, you know, the, um, against the throne. And I thought she was dead. Uh, she didn't have uh, any good color. She was very pale. And but I, when I looked closer, I saw a tear going down her cheek. And I was like, Lord, what is this? And he said, the woman that you're seeing is America. And then it shifted a little bit to where I could see the audience. And I was so distressed. Uh, it's rare that I have um, open visions where everything disappears. Uh, this was one of those. And, um, and so I was greatly distressed. I felt like she was dying. And so I was encouraging the audience to pray. And so just like you know, at old rock concerts where you'd have your lighters and you'd have the light. Now people use their cell phones. That's what the audience looked like. We were a, a bunch of little lights and we were praying for her and nothing was happening. Absolutely nothing. There was no life that was in her or coming into her. And what I felt was that Biden and Israel were watching uh, and just waiting for the election. Um, and that if the Biden administration got in, it would be detrimental to Israel. Uh, and so they were very watchful of what was happening. And I was just, I was weeping. I was very distressed about this vision. I was like, Lord, how do we save America? But one thing that I definitely saw was that... Um, uh, she wasn't dead yet, and the Lord actually wasn't angry at America herself. The Lord was angry with the people that have pillaged America. And I asked, I said, well, how has she been pillaged? And one of the, the main ways was actually the abortion laws. And uh, so anyway, the vision ended. Like I said, she wasn't, none of our prayers were working. She wasn't coming back um, to, you know, health. And, uh, and I just, you know, pondered that vision. So fast forward, that was in September, uh, fast forward to November, you know, we had the election. I'm not going to get into my opinion of what happened with the elections, um, but obviously uh, Mr. Trump did not get back in. And uh, so then on January 6th, I was actually walking on my treadmill and I was watching the false flag operation uh, on the Capitol grounds and I was like, oh no, this is bad. This is like really, really bad. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, you know, obviously distressed about that situation. And, and here's the thing, guys, we got to be smart. You cannot fall for traps. You, you, you know, if doors open, that doesn't mean you walk through them. So it's very important that we ask Holy Spirit, should I walk through this door? Whether it's a physical 
a spiritual, an opportunity door. It doesn't matter. You've got to inquire of the Lord. David did that all of the time. The one time he didn't, he ended up staying home when kings went to war and um, slept with Bathsheba. So we have to, you know, recognize that sometimes open doors can actually be a trap. And that's exactly what happened there. But here's what shocked me. So I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, well, this is awesome. And all of a sudden the room disappeared again. I was back in the same vision of America at the feet of the throne. But this time, and this is why, let me put it this way. Ephesians says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. You have to view things from a heavenly perspective. If you try to view them from being in the valley, which we are in with the, the, the earth, we're actually in enemy territory taking it over, then your perspective will be skewed. So here we are at the height of just a, a terrible thing that's happening in our country. And then I'm back in that vision on my treadmill. Everything disappears. And this time, America, she is setting up. Her skin is pink, like she was newborn. And she looks like she had taken some food and some nourishment. And she was still naked. And she was still, you know, had some wounding and some bruising, but she looked a lot better and her countenance was better. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I, what's happening here? Because this is in contradiction with what I am seeing on TV. And so I felt like something actually shifted in the spirit. And I don't know if it was the judgment of the Lord against the false flag information. Um, uh, operation, which the trial run was um, in Michigan a few months before that, or or what? I don't know. I don't know what happened, but something shifted. So that's the first part. The second part, before I get to our trip to D.C., the second part is that the Lord has been telling me over and over and over for these last several years that there are more of you than there is of them. And so let me explain that a little bit. If you watch the media, it doesn't ma matter if it's Fox News or if it is, um, you know, the Communist News Network or MSDNC. If you watch any media, first of all, you have to understand the same people own these um, corporations, including conservative um, Fox News, uh, but they are selling a narrative. And the narrative that sells the best is negative. The narrative that sells the best is stirring up people and it's um, highlighting problems more than good news. I mean, if, if anybody was to try to have a good news uh, news station, it probably wouldn't do very well um, across the nation because people don't buy good news. They, they buy bad news. Our, our brain has a, a, a natural negative, excuse me, a natural negative bias. And so um, if, you, if you listen to the, the media, America, Americans hate each other. And race relations are the worst that they've ever been. And um, the MAGA group are extremists. The Democrats hate this country. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And when my son, and they left and they traveled to uh, Virginia, you know, it's like 10 minutes across the Potomac to get to D.C. So when they, they moved to Virginia, one thing that Kent told me that stood out to me is he said, Mom, it's like once we got out of New Mexico, which is kind of sad, but once we got out of New Mexico and kind of went further east, we met the nicest people. 
It didn't matter if you were Democrat or Republican. We met the nicest people. It's like everything just shifted. And this was really surprising because, again, you know, you see the issues that they have in California. You see the issues that they have in New York, um, Chicago, etc. But he said it was like a totally different country. And I'm like, okay. And so that's what I mean when the Lord is saying there's more of you guys than there are of them, meaning there are more of true patriotic Americans who love this country and they just want to send their kids to school, provide for their families, mow the lawn on Saturdays, take naps on Sundays. And because Americans, that's all they want, often people have, well, I know for a fact, people have crept into the government over decades, and actually it didn't take very long, 1792 is when we first started seeing this, um, they crept into the government like they do in churches and began to corrupt from the inside uh, out, elitist, globalist, etc. So we're not yet out of the woods as a nation. There's a lot at stake. We definitely have our problems, but there's more of us than there is of them. And so we go to DC. I hate flying, by the way. Um, so I was like, you know, oh my gosh. And um, and I and I we were gonna go at Christmas, and so I was just like, Lord, please don't let anything stop us from getting there. I mean, I just I need to get my eyes on my kids, make sure that they were safe and sound. We get there so excited, and that started the most eye-opening experience. They were not kidding. D.C., Alexandria, the nicest people. It didn't matter your race. It didn't matter your economic status. It didn't matter where you were from. There was only one lady. <laughs> it's not good, but I went into Home Goods and she was mumbling because we didn't stand over by the sign, but no one was there. So we go to her cash register and I'm like, what'd you say? You know, and she didn't answer. I said, what did you say? And all of a sudden she got nice. That was the only person I ever encountered that was not the nicest person. And in fact, I felt less racism than I do here in my hometown. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if you go to certain parts, there may be, you know, some racism or some um, BLM activity or Antifa activity. So I'm not saying what's going on, but I'm, I'm looking, I'm observing, and my hopes are getting up. And I'm recognizing, okay, it is not how they are portraying it on the news. They have a narrative and they're lying to us, guys. Again, we've got our definite problems. My visions have shown me this. But the other side of that is that we are not as divided as a nation as they want us to believe. So whatever narrative any media is pushing where it's similar, you have to ask yourself, why? Why are they pushing a, neg a negative narrative that Americans are divided to the degree they're saying we're divided when we're not? So here's what I think happens. I think, you know, something happens like January 6th or George Floyd or whatever, and then the crazies that, you know, probably some live in D.C., some live in Virginia, some live in New York, some live in California, wherever. They ship them to those locations and they cause a lot of problems. And because we have weak and feckless leaders that refuse to take a stand against these people, 
people's businesses are burned down, cops are killed, citizens are killed, because people are afraid to say all lives matter. Or people are afraid to say, hey, your woke doctrine of pushing transgenderism to children in Target, don't believe the lie that they didn't do that. I've got videos of people that have gone into Target and they have seen that they were pushing this crap on kids. So you've got these crazies that are pushing a narrative that is three to 1% of the population. So the data is that there's literally more of us than there is of them. So then it begs the question, why is the media pushing that narrative? Why is the media pushing this narrative of transgenderism on our children? Do you know in New Mexico, our curriculum, which I've got the emails, I haven't had a chance to look at them, but that our curriculum in good old Clovis, New Mexico is going to push transgenderism. And so we've got to know the facts and definitely have a voice, but the loudest, the most obnoxious and outrageous is getting the attention. How do I know there's more of us in them? Bud Light's an example. Target's an example. Um, there was, oh, Nike is an example. Uh, the list goes on and on. Billions of dollars have been lost by these companies, but why don't they care? Because they are supported uh, financially by people like BlackRock and George Soros, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The final thing that I'll say is you have Tucker Carlson who was fired from Fox News. He's now a Tucker on Twitter. He had his very first um, episode today. It was very, very good. Uh, there's an underground, and now it's coming out more, where back in the day where people couldn't get any real news, it was mailed to them. It was um, delivered in person. We're at that point now. You literally can't trust anything you hear. It doesn't matter if it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC. You have to get your information outside of those places. Tucker being fired and the fact that they didn't care and the fact that they were willing to, to lose millions of dollars tells me that they are supported by a lot of money. Um, I would suggest highly that you subscribe to specific... Um, magazines, specific news websites, etc. I love Daily Wire, Epoch Times, etc. Even look at those that are on the other side of the aisle when it comes to politics, just to kind of have an idea what's going on. Um, go directly to where you can hear the speeches of our politicians and see the proceedings, things like that. But I would question everything you hear on mainstream media. And this is nothing new. They've been like this since the very beginning. Um, so anyway, Twitter is becoming a place where free speech is being heard, and I like that. And the people and politicians can go directly to the platform and say exactly what is happening. So I do highly recommend that. Um, but be your own citizen journalist. We need people at city meetings. I know they can be boring. Um, I've not been able to attend because of our yard work, but I plan on t attending again. Go to school board meetings. It's the local governments that are the most impactful. That's why you have George Soros appointed DAs and mayors, et cetera, that, and governors that have destroyed their cities and their states because that's the goal, because out of chaos, they can bring in their socialist agenda. 
You can't do it when people are happy. You can't do it when people are prospering because it's a cognitive dissonance. It's like, why would I want to go to a system that takes away from me when I have everything that I want and need? Um, so same thing, you know, uh, back in the day where, you know, the propaganda of the Nazis, the propaganda of um, uh, the the Brits. I mean, there's just, you know, it's happened over and over. They use the media over and over. So use discernment. I would ask Holy Spirit to show you his perspective when you hear things that maybe are concerning. We're not going to avoid that our country has an issue, but we do need to question what we hear and why people are giving us this narrative. So here's a funny. So we go to the National Mall and it was really neat. Lincoln looks lifelike. That was shocking. Um, and then we were yelling, Gen A uh, from Forrest across the infinity pool. Um, like in that scene of the movie. And then we get to the um, phalanx, the um, obelisk, whatever you want to call it, and saw that. And then we decided to get on scooters. Well, anything that is not a car that I get on that is motorized, I always go for the nearest object and I crash into it. When I was 11 years old, I got on a three-wheeler, went straight for the house. Um, when Kent was little and he had a little mini motorcycle, I went straight for the back gate. And then this was no exception. We get these scooters and I go immediately for um, a curb and some type of construction cone. I also almost wrecked into some people on a wall. Again, you know, a second time. It was very busy because Georgetown uh, University graduations. There were lots of school kids on tours. I mean, I probably shouldn't have been on a scooter. But anyway, so I'm going slower then Mike and Kent, because they're like showing off and doing tricks. And then my daughter in love, she's been on them before, so she's kind of got her bearings, you know. So I'm trying to catch up with everybody after my second almost wreck. And I come around the corner, <laughs> we're back at the National Mall, and Mike is being interviewed by Real America's Voice. <laughs> what? What is this? I, I don't, what, what is happening? So anyway, I pull up, and Mike had on his sunglasses, a cap. He's got his goatee and his Black Rifle Coffee Company shirt. So I'm sure the guy's like, I need to interview him. Anyway, so the questions were, what are the two most important issues uh, that are going to be for you for 2024? And he said the border, uh, the economy and the border. And then um, he asked, um, do you believe the FBI is corrupt? And he actually interviewed both of us. Mine was... Um, the economy and freedom. I don't need it. I don't need the, the government to tell me what to do. Um, I think COVID proved that they suck at that anyway. Um, but uh, so, you know, that was my response. The FBI, both of us were like, it's absolutely corrupt. And maybe not the, the men and women that are on the front lines, but absolutely it's corrupt in the, the higher echelons. Um, they asked, he asked if we thought Ukraine was a distraction. I said, a hundred percent. I'd like to know whose pockets are being lined, where the money is going, because that's what Ukraine is all about. And then he asked if I felt safe in my community and asked Mike. Mike said he does for now. Me, I carry. Uh, I don't go for walks by myself anymore. And when I do go for a walk with someone, I'm always carrying. And uh, so anyway, I don't know if we'll end up being on Real America's Voice, but I just thought that was hilarious that, um, you know, here we are in Washington, D.C., and we get interviewed by Real America's Voice. So it cracked me up. So the good news, guys, is um, there, there are more of us than there is of them. 
And we need to make sure that our perspective is from the heaven, heavenly perspective. God is one of the best optimists you will find. He knows the end of the story. The question is not whether the victory is secure. The question is, will America be a sheep nation? That, that's the question. And, uh, and so I am encouraged by what I saw there. It is very expensive there, though, by the way. I was like, man, a mill there is like double what it is here. Um, but it was beautiful to see the kids. They live in a beautiful area. And um, I, I, my mama's heart was very happy to see that they're doing good. And uh, so things are good, but we cannot ignore the agenda that we see being pushed on us as citizens and the freedoms that are being stolen from us and eroded. So I would, number one, keep a prayer, prayerful heart, a discerning heart when you watch the news. Pretty much throw out, I'd say, 99% of what they say. Um, ask God for his perspective for America and what action steps you can take. And please read the Constitution. Read the Federalist Papers. Read the Anti-Federalist Papers. Um, listen to the We the Deplorables podcast. I've done lots of uh, training on the Constitution, and I will be holding some in-person classes hopefully soon. Um, but educate yourselves because urgent education is what saved our country and gave us our freedoms from Britain. Urgent education and the church rising up like we did back in the Revolutionary War is what is going to save America as well. We cannot sit passive. We need to vote. We need to vote righteousness. And by the way, we're not voting in a pastor. You may not like the nominee and how they act and how they may be rude, but we sometimes need a Jehu and sometimes we need a David and sometimes we need a John uh, or a Joseph. So we have to be discerning on who God wants in, not on the external um, conduct and attitude and things like that of the, the candidate. This isn't a popularity contest. And quite frankly, I wouldn't want a pastor in that job because I don't, well, I'm not even going to go there. Just we need to have someone that can handle business and do it very quickly and efficiently and hopefully get some of the swamp drained. So you guys could probably figure out who I voted for and who I will 100% be voting for again. So encourage people to go out and vote. Um, our nation is at stake. If every Christian uh, voted, we would never lose another election. Okay. And one more thing. Republicans, there's a uniparty, guys. Um... So just keep that in mind next time you hear them. Anybody that thinks that Ukraine's a good idea and that voted yes on this debt ceiling deal and that keep funneling money over to Ukraine and that played a role in all of the impeachments that were nonsense with Mr. Trump, they're rhinos. They're all paid by the same people. So we need to get some fresh people in. Okay. So anyway, uh, that's it. I'm going to get a quick shower and hit the hay. Five o'clock comes early. So hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to do our Bible teaching. We'll dive into um, Revelation some more. We're getting into some of the nitty gritty stuff. And uh, hopefully tonight was a, a blessing for you. If you missed miss the vision at the beginning, please go back and listen to it. I think it will bless you. All right, guys, have a good night. Small is a new big. God is shifting from the current church structure back to his original intent and design, the Ecclesia. The Ecclesia is the original word that was used when Jesus was describing that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it in Matthew 16, 18. In fact, most of the time when you see church, it's actually Ecclesia.
Ecclesia. The Ecclesia is his ruling government on earth made up of two or more. It's a noble, organic community, not a system. If you felt like a square peg trying to fit a round hole, or you know there's more, this training might be for you. If you know that God is moving in the marketplace and you want to be equipped to partner with him, this training is for you. with this training. Go to churchshift.me. That is churchshift.me.